It's Wednesday, May the 11th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, US warns of prolonged war and shoot on sight ordered in Sri Lanka. First, the world in brief. America's intelligence service warned that the war in Ukraine could be protracted and may stretch beyond Russia's attempt to conquer the east of the country. Avril Haines, the director of national intelligence, told a Senate hearing that because Vladimir Putin's ambitions and military capability are mismatched, Russia's president may turn to more drastic means and could deploy nuclear weapons if he felt his regime were threatened. Meanwhile, missiles struck Odessa, killing one person and injuring five, according to the Ukrainian army. President Volodymyr Zelensky called for international help to end the blockade of the Black Sea port to avert a global food crisis. America's House of Representatives voted to send Ukraine about $40 billion in additional aid. Some $6 billion is earmarked for, quote, security assistance, including weapons. The rest is to replenish stocks of equipment America has already sent to Ukraine and for humanitarian assistance. Just 57 members of Congress, all Republicans, voted against the proposition, compared with 368 in favour. The package must now be approved by the Senate. Security forces in Sri Lanka were ordered to shoot troublemakers on site as violent demonstrations continued overnight. Protesters forced the resignation of the Prime Minister, Mahinda Rajapaksa, on Monday. The President, Gotabaya Rajapaksa, is still in their sights. The brothers, whose family dominate Sri Lankan politics, have been blamed for the country's dire economic state. A parliamentary committee in Finland recommended that the country join NATO. The President is expected to announce his stance on Thursday. Finland's admission would more than double NATO's common border with Russia. Sweden is also weighing whether to join the alliance. The ruling party there will make public its decision this weekend. Elon Musk said he would reverse Twitter's decision to ban Donald Trump's account if his bid for the social media platform is successful. He said users who post, quote, wrong or bad tweets should be penalised with temporary suspensions not permanent removal. Mr Trump, whom Twitter booted off after the Capitol riot of January 6, 2021, said last month that he would not return. Joachim Nagel, the head of Germany's central bank, said that the European Central Bank should raise interest rates in July to choke off inflation, now running at 7.5% in the eurozone. He warned that with inflation still, quote, gaining momentum, the price of not acting now would be sharper and more, quote, abrupt increases later. Apple said it would stop manufacturing iPods after 21 years production. The music player, marketed at the turn of the century as a way to carry 1,000 songs in your pocket, sparked a revolution in personal technology, eventually spawning the iPhone. An estimated 450 million iPods were sold in total but sales have dwindled as smartphones have become ubiquitous. And fact of the day, 
60%. The share of American firms that reported using software to monitor employees. And now here's today's agenda. America's abortion wars. On Wednesday, the Senate will vote on a bill that would enshrine in law a woman's right to abortion. It is certain to fail, with no chance of overcoming the filibuster. Instead, to glimpse a future where Roe v. Wade is overturned, look to America's states, which would regain the right to regulate the procedure. Progressive places are already making abortion easier and cheaper. But several conservative states plan to severely limit or ban the procedure. Some may even try to restrict out-of-state travel to get abortions. Under a proposal in Missouri, anyone facilitating an out-of-state procedure would face a fine. Oregon, on the other hand, pays for women living elsewhere to travel to the state for an abortion. A proposed law in Louisiana would mean women who terminate their pregnancies would face homicide charges. This is rare. Most target providers instead. A Republican lawmaker in Idaho supports legislation banning morning-after pills as they can block a fertilized egg from implanting in a uterus. Fierce battles await. A peak at peak inflation in America. After months of mounting concerns, sighs of relief. Data due out on Wednesday will probably show that consumer prices rose by about 8% in April compared with a year earlier. Although still uncomfortably high, inflation would be well down from its four-decade peak of 8.5% in March. Indeed, this would mark the biggest fall in absolute terms since early 2020. The lower reading is sure to prompt discussion of whether America has passed peak inflation and can expect price pressures to decline steadily. Yet any relief will be short-lived. Details are likely to show that inflationary pressures have broadened, seeping into services such as transportation and medical care. The Federal Reserve will therefore have ample reason to press on with its aggressive monetary tightening. Investors, already reeling from market turmoil, may experience more peak than peak. Disney issues a streaming update. During the COVID-19 pandemic, Disney's stock had more ups and downs than a ride on Space Mountain. Investors panicked when theme parks and theatres were shuttered, before piling back in as lockdowns supercharged subscriptions to the Disney Plus streaming service. But in the past six months, Disney's value has tumbled again, amid signs of subscription fatigue. The question on Wednesday, as Disney reports first quarter earnings, is whether Disney Plus has hit the same buffers as Netflix, which last month revealed a rare drop in subscribers. Analysts also want to see how the parks are holding up amid a fragile American economy. Bob Chapek, Disney's boss, has upset both progressive staff and conservative politicians by fumbling the firm's response to a new law in Florida that targets LGBT education. With nine months left on his contract, he urgently needs Disney's roller coaster to start climbing again. 
a sorry state in Sri Lanka. Protesters had been demanding the resignation of Mahinda Rajapaksa, Sri Lanka's Prime Minister, for weeks. But he didn't agree to step down until May 9th, when his supporters descended on Colombo, the capital, and attacked protesters, provoking a violent retaliation. That triggered the dissolution of the cabinet, perhaps paving the way for a government of national unity. But unity is the last thing on many Sri Lankans' minds. Protesters have burned down the homes of several politicians. Some 220 people have been injured in the violence. Eight, including an MP, have died. In response, the government has ordered troops to shoot violent protesters, quote, on sight. Any new government would have to undertake painful economic reforms, a tall order in such a febrile atmosphere. Opposition politicians do not want to take responsibility for fixing the mess created by Mahinda and his brother, Gotabaya Rajapaksa, the president. And for the moment, the president seems determined to resist calls to resign himself. This much I know to be true. For decades, Nick Cave has won legions of fans for his rich, deep voice and hauntingly beautiful songs. More recently, he has begun to demystify his creative process. One More Time with Feeling, 2016, a documentary film directed by Andrew Dominic, took viewers inside the recording studio, a particularly poignant process in the wake of Tragically, the death of Mr. May Cave's son in Mr. Cave announced the death of another son, his eldest. Wednesday sees the release of This Much I Know To Be True, another documentary by Mr. Dominic. The film explores the years-long musical partnership between Mr. Cave and Warren Ellis, focusing on their albums Ghostine and Carnage. The pair have also worked on several film scores, in a collaboration that appears to be without ego or rivalry. Mr. Cave has said, quote, We are friends, pure and simple, and we just get on with the work at hand. Daily Quiz Arboristas will serve you a new question each day. On Friday, your challenge is to give all five answers and tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 5pm BST on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Saturday. Wednesday. Which medieval officers would wear a tabard decorated with the coat of arms of their masters? Tuesday. What name has the European Space Agency given its weather and environment monitoring satellites? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Salvador Dali, who was born on this day in 1904. Have no fear of perfection. You'll never reach it. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app.
or by asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download the Economist app on your mobile device to start listening. Thank you.